On today's episode, we'll do a stylized version of Picks to Watch. And we'll talk about what we want to see from these teams coming into Worlds. Let's talk about that. Hello everyone and welcome back to Kings of the Rift, your source of competitive League of Legends news and opinions. I'm your host, Gold Knight. But before we get into everything, I want to say thank you to all of you for listening. This podcast is available where all the other fine podcasts can be found. Leave me a review if you're on iTunes, it really helps to get this podcast noticed. And anywhere else you can find us, follow the podcast so you can get updates on when a new episode gets posted. Also, if you're an anchor, you guys can help me out and become a subscriber to the podcast. It's a lot like a subscription on Twitch, and I've also set up a Patreon at patreon.com slash kingsofthereft. Any bit of help is fantastic, and your support will help me keep making this podcast. With enough support, the episodes will continue to get better and better quality. So, what are some of the picks that I'm really looking forward to seeing this world's. So I've been watching a lot of professional players uh, stream the last couple of weeks um, leading into worlds ever since we've realized uh, what we're actually going to be playing up against and everything like that. And I've kind of compiled a list of picks to watch um, coming up into the world's um, meta that we're looking for. Um, And I guess we'll just jump right into it. Um, I'm kind of going to go just based on what came to my mind. I have a little list and I might, you know, deviate from that list, but I also might just continue on, uh, you know, continue on a tangent and end up getting somewhere uh, completely different. So the first thing that I've seen quite a little bit of is actually Galio. Um, Galio seems to be coming a little bit back into the meta. And I think that has to do a lot with roaming, Um, especially in the mid lane, having it a, um, having a tank, which is nice, Um, an MR soaking tank and everything like that, being able to roam to either to top or to bottom lane, or even to to help in the jungle too. Um, I think that's a really big thing that I think people underutilized is Galio helping out the jungler. Um, You invade the enemy red buff or whatever, and after level 6, the Galio is able to come and help you and get there ridiculously quicker than the enemy mid laner. So I definitely think that has that's going to rise in priority. Um, That might just be a pick that people are picking in scrims and in just solo queue and stuff like that but it seems like that might be something um i watched actually uh double lift play with perks and caps and jensen and stuff like that and in back-to-back games i saw caps go galio mid and i've also and then in the next game i saw jensen go galio mid so 
kind of interested in seeing where that, you know, if that does pop up like like it has in the past. Um, Galio's not really meant to be the AP threat. Well, I guess he is a little bit now. So, so Galio's been in a couple different stages throughout his lifetime as a champion uh, ever since his rework. Originally, I think he was mostly used for the ultimate, um, as well as the the Q spam that you could throw out, and uh, he was pretty strong at one point. Uh, and then eventually they nerfed his damage because they didn't really like how often he was being abused. Um, so they abused, they, they changed his damage, made him a little weaker. Um, I think maybe increased the slow on the on his Q. So then eventually he ended up kind of coming into a supportive role. Um, you saw most of the major supports use Galio bot lane, um, which was nice because you get the ultimate you can roam around with. You get uh, the taunt, which is an insane ability, um, as well as the knockup and all that different stuff like that. So then he ended up getting too strong. And people, I think, really... Um, didn't realize, like, I think Riot, when they originally nerfed the damage, they didn't expect, well, now he's just going to be a CC bot. Well, that's what ended up happening. And one of the big things that kept on happening was you would have, you'd charge up the, um, the stun, or not the stun, the, uh, the taunt, and then they would flash, and flash taunt was almost unavoidable. Um, if you got up there and, you know, just in time. So then they made it so that Galio now is grounded when he's stunned or when he's, uh, getting ready to taunt. So he can't flash. So he has to either flash then instantly cast, um, or he just has to literally get in range of you and then do it. Um, so kind of raised the little you know, raise the skill gap on that instead of just being able to just hold it and then flash onto somebody. So I think that kind of helped. But I know that they did end up, because they nerfed the the taunt, you know, taunt flash combination, um, I know they did increase the uh, actual damage on his Q once again. Um, so I definitely think that will push him more towards the mid lane. And I think that would be something that will help out some maybe the weaker junglers um, that kind of need a little more help with from their mid laners. So, and talking about jungle, one of the big sources of, uh, I guess, issue with this meta that we have right now is that you have all AP jung or all AD junglers um, or tank junglers. Um, and then you have Gragas as like the only real AP jungler. Um, so I think, if anything, I've been seeing a lot of Echo jungle um, because Echo is good. He, they, I believe they just buffed his um, his clear. Um, I don't know if it was more damage to his to minions or to you know creatures in the jungle um, or what really. Um, usually a lot of times it's buffing the armor and attack speed that helps with clears and different stuff like that. But that will actually be huge. If you can get Echo into the jungle and have an extra AP threat, 
and not even so much an AP threat that's just, well, his, you know, he's going to dive you, you know, under the turret, toss, you know, toss you back with the explosive cask, and, you know, do damage when he, when he comes in with his uh, runic echoes. So I definitely think it'll be an interesting, you know, could be a flex pick. Will we likely see it in the mid? Maybe, because of the whole, because of the ability that it is flexible. Um, we could probably see it in mid lane as well, but I don't think that we really, I don't think we realistically will see it in the mid lane. Um, we'll see it mostly as a flex that will just always pretty much go to jungle. Um, because Echo seems pretty strong in the jungle. Um, I don't know exactly what it is that changed to make him be strong in the jungle, but I've seen a lot of it and I know that, uh, that AP threat is really what you need from the jungle position. So the next one I got is Nautilus mid, actually. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with Doinby, um, the mid laner from uh, Funplusk, Funplus X, FPX. Um, and basically, I think that his, um, if you're playing up against him, you almost have to understand Nautilus mid. Um, I've played in a developmental league um, online with with a basically a Nautilus mid one trick, and it is ridiculous what that champion can do in the mid lane, especially against immobile champions. Um, you think against a Vagar or up against um, some someone like a like a Cassiopeia different things like that, you can easily just just wreck the enemy team um, as a Nautilus mid. And I think with the prevalence of Doinby coming in and being, like, one of the big things, you talk about Doinby, and you see his champion pool. And that's something that's really big. Um, that's, like, his focal thing is, like, Doinby's not this mechanical god or anything like that, but his champion pool is actually really good and I think that's where a lot of this will come down to is the fact that um you know because his Nautilus mid because of his different picks that are more nuanced um you're gonna have to learn how to play against that and one of the ways to play against it um and to learn what counters it is to play it yourself um which I think kind of goes along with the Galio mid, is that this Nautilus mid will also be a little bit tankier. Um, doesn't roam as quick, but Nautilus is pretty strong, and his AP ratios are actually ridiculous, um, especially in his ultimate, as well as uh, his E just does a ton of damage, and his shield gets huge. So I think it'll be interesting to see if a Nautilus mid actually makes an appearance. Um, I think it would really be against Doinby, or at least you need to be able to have it so that if he does pick it, you know what it does, because not a lot of people play up against it. So something else um, that not a lot of people have, I guess not a, some people have uh, experience with it, um, but Kiana, I think, will be a big um, pick to kind of look at, because... Coming into it, 
Europe at least. Um, I'm not sure about the other regions, but I know for sure Europe is doing Kiana Jungle. And uh, NA, they'll do more likely, they're more likely to do Kiana mid lane. Um, but, I mean, G2 can do Kiana mid, top, or jungle. Um, so I think that needs to be a pick that is that is practiced on. Um, junglers need to be able to use it or at least know how to abuse it in the jungle. Um, and I think people will really, they'll get shocked, I think, by it, um, especially in cl uh, Clutch's group in the play-ins. If they don't take care of them, if they don't take care of the Kiana from uh, Demonte, he will just wreck that group because has he lost has he lost on Kiana? Yes, but the games that they have won in the last couple of uh, weeks of the qualifier, as well as the um, as well as like playoffs and everything like that, the games that they have won, they've either had Kiana, Rumble, or Gangplank, and Kiana is one of his signature picks. So I definitely think that Kiana needs to be at least looked at a bit because I don't see it really any NA teams using Kiana in the jungle. Um, she's a good AD threat in the, uh, in the jungle, but you have, like, you have better choices. You have Gangplank, not, not Gangplank, Jarvan is what I was trying to think of. I don't know why I said Gangplank. Um, but you have Jarvan, you have, you know, you can go AD, uh, Skarner and all that. You can do a lot more damage in the jungle role from using other champions. So I don't think you really need Kiana. Um, you don't need that assassin ability. So I think it would be really an interesting pick, at least to see people using. Um, they could use some. They could use it in the mid lane or the jungle. I think is where we're gonna see it most likely. Um, now, a champion that's usually in the mid lane itself is Syndra, and I don't think Syndra is going to be seen too much in the mid lane. I think it's going to be more seen in the bottom lane. Um, if it's not used all the time, I think it's going to be used at least in little niche picks, um, because G2 uses it, Perks uses it. Um, Perks has the mid lane experience to have used Syndra before. So I definitely think he was one of the best Syndras when he was a mid laner. So of course he's a good Syndra when he's a bot laner as well. But I think Syndra bot is just, I don't think it's going to be like a huge powerful pick. I just think honestly it's, it's a niche enough pick that you're going to see it probably pop up um, because G2 is using it. And not so much even just because everything's, you know, not just because G2 is using it will everybody else use it, but they've seen it, they know they have to beat it. So if you play it in scrims and it's, you know, it's doing well, why not bring it out? Why not try it out, see what it does well against, see what it does you know, pour against and be able to actually kind of pop that out. And I think that is a little bit to do with the, uh, that's almost along the lines of the Nautilus mid where 
one player or one team has that as their um, kind of style, or at least their little bit of their um, their flair comes from the a single champion or a single pick that they could use um, and just kind of throw a wrench into the works. And Cinderbot, I think, is one of those picks alongside the Nautilus mid that Doyen B has. So, and kind of to go back to Cinderbot, I honestly think Mage bottom lanes will kind of make a little bit of a resurgence in this world. Um, Mage bottom lanes have always been something that I don't love to see, but I like the variation um, because having variation in the bottom lane is nice. Um, it definitely changes things up a little bit because you don't have to worry about, okay, this AD threat that's in the, uh, this AD threat that's in the bottom lane. No, okay, now we need AP somewhere else. We need tank, all this. If you have a mage in the bottom lane, that frees up your jungler and your mid and top, maybe to even go all AD. Um, one of them maybe goes tank. You throw in a Galio in the mid lane. You throw a Kiana jungle in a top lane, you know, gangplank or something. And it's more of a balanced, you know, more of a balanced thing. So I definitely think that mage bottom lanes could make a resurgence, um, especially with the prevalence of AD junglers and tank junglers as well as AD mid laners and stuff like that. So you might see a Zed mid lane with a you know, Syndra bottom lane, uh, or a, uh, Swain bottom lane or something along those lines, at least something just to offset the damage profile that your team has. You don't want to be all AD, but you also don't want to be all AP. So you're able to free up that little bit of space by having the ability to go a mage bottom lane. So to keep it down in the bottom lane, some some of these picks that I'm that I'm picking out, actually, I'm picking because they have received buffs. Um, one of these actual picks is actually Blitz, uh, Blitzcrank. Uh, he has received about a hundred extra range on his hook, which is just super random because I don't think anybody out there was saying, you know what I think Blitz needs is a buff on his hook. If anything, it could be, yep, you can make his skirmishes a little bit better. You can make his, you know, his uh, knockup. You can make it a little bit, you know, easier. Maybe make it two charges. Um, you know, do a little something. Make him a little bit faster. Give him a little bit of armor. Something along those lines. But I don't think anybody has said that his hook needs to be any better. Um, which, honestly, I think this might be a pre-Worlds buff to sonoteric uh, counters because I know Blitz is actually a really good counter to sonoteric. Um, I believe I've seen it before in the LCS when the, we brought out sonoteric, we were able people were able to uh, to use Blitz and Varus, I believe it was, and they were able to just you hook in the you know hook in the sona. You blow her up. You hook in whoever. Like the big thing with with Sonoteric is that you're able to get these like better 
you're, you're able to get so good because of the AoE heals that you have. And if you take away one of those AoE healers, their AoE, their area of effect, is around you, not around their team. So you're able to pick one off and you're able to blow them up. There you go. It's fantastic. You're able to get so much more out of that team fight because you're able to take out the you know, the main healer on the team, even though it's in an ADC spot, which is strange. So then, I think to go a little bit, you know, a little bit better is Rivet, actually. Um, Just got a little bit of buffs, and uh, she got a new skin. I believe that skin will be uh, available at Worlds, the uh, Valiant Sword, or Valiant, I think I believe it's Valiant Sword, Riven, or something on those lines, and uh, I think that having those little bit of, little bits of buffs will actually bring her back into the top lane. I know she really hasn't ever been in the top lane for extended period of time. Um, usually, see that when people are people like Viper, um, Viper from FlyQuest, um, as well as different you know aggressive top laners. Um, they'll pick up uh, Riven. So I definitely think that will be interesting to see if they'll pick up her, um, especially with those buffs and the new skin and all that. And that actually is nice because you do get that AD threat up in the top lane. And I know that's something I've been saying, but we have a lot of AD threats, but you can only ban out so many things. You can only... um, you know, you can only remove so many different things before top lane just kind of gets a little boring. So the ability to have a Riven top, if your top laner wants to be more aggressive, you know, you do a Riven top with a Sejuani jungle and, you know, some AP mid laner or something along those lines, you're able to actually do pretty well. And it should be a easy game from you, for you from there. And then another pick that I've seen that is basically everywhere but NA, uh, save for one team that we're sending, is uh, Gragas Jungle. And Gragas Jungle is, like I said earlier, an AP threat. It's the, if you build him AP, which 90% of the time, AP Jungle, Gragas is going to be just AP. It's not going to be tank. Um, but the Gragas is a really good enabler for teams because, um, alongside Gragas jungle, you have Yasuo. Um, Yasuo is able to, um, you know, combo off of the, uh, off of the throne ultimate as well as, uh, you know, his knockups on the E and all those different things, which definitely helps to, um, you know, kind of be able to have a little bit more of a combo um, with that mid lane Yasuo, which again, you know, evening out the profile, um, you don't have to have a tanky Gragas to throw the cask, do a bunch of damage, and knock people up, and then you're able to ult off that. So I definitely think that's going to be a pick that NA will have to pick up at least a little bit or find counters to be able to deal with that. Um, you can see in the C9 TL, uh, finals 
that they were able to that T- Team Liquid was actually able to find answers to the Gragas jungle, um, especially in the game where um, Svenskaren was just ridiculously fed, and they were able to blow him up and able to just shut him down completely because they were able to get on top of him and blow him up because when Gragas isn't when Gragas isn't tanky, he's literally paper thin. So it's nice to see that you can you can counter it, which is good because everything should have a nice counter. Um, you know, maybe one they have to work at, but one that's at least counterable. So So then another pick um, that I've been kind of keeping an eye on um, that could make its ugly head appear in uh, Group C um, with Fnatic and Uzi and uh, Fnatic, Reckless and Uzi and RNG and Teddy and SKT and then whoever else gets landed in that group, um, possibly Clutch which it looks like. But one of those picks that comes up, uh, especially in that bottom lane met, like area, is uh, Garen Yumi that um, Fnatic has been able to do. Um, they were the first people to bring it out. And basically, Garen is just a big, beefy tank to just run around, have Yumi on him, and Yumi's throwing out cues slowing people down, doing damage. It's it's literally like an actual tank. The the Garen is just running like the tracks of a tank and you're shooting out projectiles trying to kill the enemy team. Now if if the bottom lane's opposing reckless and um it's not Hill saying. Who's the, who's Reckless's partner? Oh, jeez, I don't even know. Maybe it is Hellsang. Yeah, it is, it is Hellsang, actually. Um, if you're able to get Reckless and Hellsang on Garen Yumi, there you go. You are able to just take the... You have to do so much different in a team um, that has to deal with this Garen Yumi than you would normally. Um, you have to draft someone like a Vayne, um, which Vayne from Uzi would be fine. Um, Uzi's, one of most Uzi's comfortable champions is definitely has to be his Vayne. Um, just take a look at the Rise, uh, the music video, Rise. Um, the champion they chose for him was, uh, was Vayne. So that was good. I mean, it was a cool, interesting, um... It's a cool, interesting counter. Um, you just push the Garen away. Um, but you do have to kind of deal with it. So that definitely changes up the way you're going to play your bottom lane. Um, and then there, the bottom lane right there with the Karma. And just different things like that. There's different combinations of mages in the bottom lane. Um, alongside of the Garen, Yumi, um, Syndra, and stuff like that. Are definitely things that you're going to have to keep an eye on. To actually, like, you have to keep them in check. You have to keep people honest by changing up the bottom lane, changing up the meta, and just being able to just not keep everything stale. 
don't let people just roll over you with what you think should be fine. Um, that's just not how it really should run. You really should be able to just say, I want to do this. This is how I'm going to win this game. And then you go ahead and you do that. Um, you bully the people out of lane. You bully the people, you know, with your pick because they want it to be this way. They want it to be cookie cutter, you know, lanes this certain way. You go in there, you mess things up for them, and there you go. It, you have a free win right there. So those are just some of the picks I really have thought about um, coming into Worlds. But uh, right after the sponsor break, guys, I will talk to you about what I want to see from the different teams that are coming into Worlds and really what we should be looking for um, from either NA teams or EU teams or just your favorite team. Like, what do you want them to do? But that'll be right after this break. I'll see you guys on the other side. Okay, so what do you want to see your team do at Worlds that can kind of elevate them to that different little bit of layer so that they can stand out? What What is it that really defines a better team coming into Worlds versus a team that is just kind of hopeless? Um, I think a lot of that has to do with your style. Um, and I've said this last Worlds, and I'm going to say it until my voice is hoarse, you need to play your style. Last year, the play, the teams that made it to the finals were those who played their styles. There was there was G2, there was there was IG, there was Fnatic, um, C9 even too. You need to take a look, and that's that's amazing. Just just the teams that made it that far were able to play their play their styles able to just say okay this is what this is how i'm going to play the game this is how i'm going to win you have to deal with it i'm not going to deal with the meta i'm not going to deal with you know well i have to pick this champion because they're so much stronger than every other champion or whatever you don't have to play you know a tank jungler you don't have to play um you know a split push top laner, um, wait till late game, and then have to just say, okay, well, the team with the most fed ADC wins. And, uh, you know, my, my ADC has more CS than yours, so it looks like I just win. Like, it shouldn't have to be like that. Um, I, I definitely think you don't have to feel compelled to pick something. Um, you... Okay, something's something's really good pick. Okay, well, if you don't feel like picking it, if you don't think that your team will be able to, like, prioritize it well and be able to actually play around it, then don't do it. I honestly think that this kind of picking one style, picking one, um, picking a certain champion or something like that along these lines... I think that's very prevalent in the way that clutch gaming plays. Now, this could be just conjecture. It could literally just be because I see them play this way. But honestly, the way that clutch plays is a very predictable style. 
but predictable doesn't mean bad. Clutch has a couple champions, um, and hopefully this this pool of champions is larger that they know very well. Um, it's the Yumi. No, sorry, not the Yumi. My brain doesn't want to work right now. It's late at night. I apologize. But they have the Kiana. They have the Rumble. And they have the Gangplank that they can just use to to abuse the the split pushing lanes. They be able. They're able to just like. They, they know these champions inside and out, and I really hope that their prep for Worlds allows them to expand this champion pool to a little bit more of a group of uh, champions. So, and, and the thing is with them, it's not so much just the champions. I think what it is is predictability. Um, we saw in the series, basically their whole gauntlet run we saw them make almost the same exact play every single series and in every single game even around 10 minutes or so they'll roam their support top lane usually with that support they'll also bring their adc to the top lane area and they'll go first they'll go for the rift herald now 10 o'clock 10 10 o'clock uh, 10 minutes is a good time to do so and to go for the Rift Herald because then you still have about four minutes or so to deal with the uh, deal with the plates on the turrets. And if you get the um, if you get the Rift Herald, you're able to actually go and use it before before the plates are down. You don't have to worry about, um, just having a charge and then that's it. No, you if you if a Rift Herald charges, you at least get two plates, and likely you should probably get more than that, if not just the whole turret. So, them going every single game around ten minutes or so to that top side and being able to actually get that area like all locked down and then set up for the actual take of the Rift Herald is just fantastic to see because they know that that's what they want to do. That's good. I like to see when a team has a way that they want to play and they'll play it that way. They'll tell you, yep, that's that's how we want to play. Now, the thing with that is that, yep, it's predictable. Yep, someone can know. All right, around this time they go here, they do this. Okay, well, I can know that uh that my computer is going to break i can know that my uh, car is going to get in an accident but how do i how do i deal with that how do i go in and actually change the way that i'm driving or that i'm using my computer so that i can avoid that thing from happening how can these teams that are coming in up against clutch up against these other teams that have a certain play style of their own and a certain way to actually win the game how do you deal with that you can't just say well yep that's what's gonna happen they're gonna go up top lane they're gonna go and grab the rift herald they're gonna be up there 
Well, how do you deal with that? How do you take a second and say, well, if they're up there, well, maybe we should grab Dragon. If Dragon's up, maybe we should grab it around that time. Oh, perfect. We got that, and they got the Rift Herald. Now we have to answer the Rift Herald. Well, okay. Sometimes you can you can get a Rift Herald. It doesn't have to take the whole turret, but it took the plates. And you have to almost give up those plates a little bit. But if you're able to kind of manipulate the way you play, and that's the, that's, that's the problem, is that these clutch the, the clutch gaming and the game the teams that play like them with a predictable style predictable way that they'll go along the line go along the game they change your preparation they really do because then you say okay well we're probably going to go up against clutch okay well we have to make sure we we go around that area and i think that could even be meta defining right there is if clutch gets into the um, the regular group stages, you could easily have other teams either in their group or in just groups in general through scrims and different things like that. You could have teams straight up just just using this strategy, and that be becoming that will become what worlds is. Which would be weird to think that a NA team is defining the way that everything goes. But it kind of brings back to MSI in 2015 or 16, maybe. Um, I believe it was when uh, when uh, Clutch Gaming, not Clutch, Counter Logic Gaming, went to the finals of MSI and basically was able to just morph what it looks like. They were able to say... This is what this is what we do. This is what the meta is now. Enchanter supports at those times were what that it made it into like everybody was using Alistar, Tom Kench, the different, you know, Braum and all the different stuff like that. But then Aframu brought out the you know, brought out the Bard, the Janna, the different, you know, supports, Lulu, I believe, and and was able to actually change the way that the meta was played. Change the way that people... Like, you couldn't just sit there... Like, if you were up against a uh, double a, a double ranged bottom lane, you were going to get poked out of your lane, and you were going to get shit on. So, they were able to define that meta, and honestly, they were able to change the way that the rest of the season went. For both themselves and for many of the other teams. So I definitely think you need to just find a play style and you need to win. You need to actually get it and just say, all right, this is how we're going to play. This is how we're going to do these things. And we're going to get out there and actually show up. So that's the biggest thing that I want to see from these teams. I want to see Clutch Gaming go for these different plays. I want to see... You know, I want to see Team Liquid use their strengths, use Double Lift, use Jensen, who has been able to pop off in the last couple, in the the domestic finals and all that. You're able to actually get, like, he's able to get ridiculously fed on Akali. Now, will he ever get that in, uh, in Worlds? Who knows? If people have paid attention, they shouldn't give it to him. 
honestly, the amount of time he's able to, like, the amount of times he's able to pop off and just carry a game because he's playing Akali is ridiculous. And does that change the the ban priorities that you get, you give to Team Liquid? Then you're able to free up the bottom lane. Then you, you don't have to worry about uh, double lift to the bottom lane. He's able to have some more agency and you're able to not have to worry about bans going his way. Well, then now double lift is popping off. Or now Jace, you know, in the top lane for impact is popping off. Or whoever. You're able to actually change things up a little bit and able to actually do your thing based on just playing your game. And C9 has its very own playstyle, and I'd like to see it. I can't wait to see Niski pull out, you know, the Vagar, pull out the Velkaz, or something along those lines where you're able to actually kind of do something a little different and actually show up and change the way that people are looking at the game. Because the game can get stale, the game can get very, uh, very much like Overwatch when they were playing in the GOATS meta. Um, the G-O-A-T-S meta, which I'm not going to try to think of what it is. I think it's Gangplank. No, not Gangplank. Genji, Orisa. I don't know what it is. But whatever. They were playing Ana. I think maybe. I don't know. Whatever. But basically it was a whole, it was a whole like meta of just like tanks and supports and that was it. You're just doing a whole bunch of damage, not taking any damage, and there you go. You're just able to not not take any damage. And and it was just stale because people just hated watching it. People hated playing it. And it just was it was just frustrating. So you don't want League of Legends to get stale. I know it's been around for I mean, this is the ninth ninth season? Season nine, yeah. This is season nine. And frankly, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good one. I think this is gonna be one of the best worlds that we've seen. Um, maybe not as elite as some of the other worlds, but I think it'll be a fun one. I definitely think it'll be a world that we'll look back on and say this is the tipping point. This is where the gap has closed. Like the last episode had said, this is the closed gap. This is when NA. This is when EU had a chance. And if this isn't the tipping point for the rest of the world and the rest of the years coming forward, then I'm really interested in seeing where we go from here. Because there's nothing, I don't think there's anything left for us to do or prove if you can't, if you can't win worlds now, what do you do? And if you don't show up, like you should. What do you need to do? But on that note, guys, I'm going to head off for the night. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. This has been Gold Knight. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. See you.